Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Well, hello there. It's just Richard for the moment, but we'll shortly be joined by Linda, which will be great because we love having her on. We love doing it together, and especially in the summertime. And our subject matter for today is really, I think, an important thing. We're calling this show Summertime Family Time. And I want you all to think about that for a minute. How, how much time do you spend with your children or your grandchildren or your family in the summer versus how much time do you spend with them in the other nine months of the year? I'm actually here with my friend Randall Ridd, who just, uh, just uh, vanquished me in the last set of our tennis match. And this is unexpected to him, but I think we ought to ask Randall to compare summertime with his kids and grandkids to the rest of the year. Let's see what he said. Well, the kids are all out of school, and so you have great opportunities to get together with kids and grandkids. In our case, it's uh, mostly with grandkids who all live pretty close to us. You lucky dog. Ours live far away. In fact, last night was an interesting night because one of my daughters and her husband took their two little boys over to a lot they owned in Holiday, and they camped out, and they pitched a tent, and they had their little boy um, pack his own pack, and uh, they went and slept out on their property and made an evening of it. That's amazing, right? They didn't go in the mountains. They just camped out right in their, on their lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think uh, the littlest boy made it the whole night. and uh, <laughs> they, they usually don't. Or they, or they sleep with you and you wake up wet. <laughs> and, of course, as any good grandfather would do, I had to go over after it got dark to make some animal sounds and uh, give them a little <laughs> bit of a thrill. So, you know, I think the summertime is just so much fun because you can do those kinds of things and you don't have to do anything real extravagant. One final question. I'll let you go, Randall. But I'm getting the uh, sense that you actually enjoy grandparenting maybe a tiny bit more than you enjoyed parenting. <laughs> That's no question. <laughs> I think we all do, don't we, Rick? If we'd known, we'd have done it first, right? <laughs> That's true. Okay, okay enjoy your uh, – just to set the record straight, we split sets, but you won the last one, so I'm feeling a little bitter in the in the taste buds. Thank you. <laughs> good luck to you all. Okay. Have a good summer. Thanks, Randall. So uh, – so that was Randall Ridd, who's a good friend well, of mine and a good tennis buddy. And I think we've well, got Linda on now. Are you on, Yeah, Annie? we have. I'm on. And it uh, must have been a scorcher. Um, it, I can't believe you're not here. But anyway, um, <laughs> on the road, as, as usual. Um, well, we, today we're calling our show Ayers on the Court. Oh, except that I'm not there. <laughs> no, you're I, I, one eye on the court and one eye just finished. You better tell what you did this morning, honey. Pretty exciting, huh? Yeah, I had so much fun. I get to play in the Mormon uh, Tabernacle tomorrow um, because we're having a big conference there, and I get to play the violin. Um, 
which is where the normally the uh, orchestra on Temple Square plays, which is really a thrill. It's so fun. We're, we had a good time this morning. We have a beautiful big choir behind us, and it's awesome. And the occasion, I guess we should reveal, is that they are, I don't know, are they dividing our steak, our, our LDS I think steak, or are they combining? combining I think they're combining. Steak? Isn't that going or backwards something. in a way? Nobody knows. <laughs> we it's don't know. It's kind of a secret, so we'll see. By the way, a little side message on that. It's important, I think, uh, whatever church you go to or belong to, to uh, sort of be all in. And some people get a little upset when they adjust boundaries and move things around. And and I guess it just shows that we're all creatures of habit. We like things to sort of stay the same. And, and uh, we need to adjust and say, hey, change is good, right? And that's what's yeah, going to happen tomorrow, change. It's awesome unless it affects us, and then, um, <laughs> just kidding. But it really is exciting. I think change is so exciting. I can't wait to see what's going to happen, and uh, it's just going to be a great big bunch of terrific, beautiful people all trying to figure out what they're doing next. Hey, let me tie in, before we get to our further into our subject of summertime, family time, let me tie in. Randall Red, who did you hear? Did you hear that little mini interview, yeah, honey? Where, I did. Well, I, I should say a couple things that strike me. Randall Red is a uh, not only a good friend of ours. He was in the Young Men's Presidency of the, of our church, of the LDS Church, for many years, and traveled all over the world speaking to scouts and uh, twelve teen, twelve up to eighteen year olds, mainly young men, as we call them, and. Uh, what was interesting is that Boy Scouts is a big part of the, the the Mormon Church is a big big sponsor, as most listeners know of the Boy Scouts. And Randall had been several times back to Scout Jamborees at you don't know this, Linda, but at the Summit Bechtel Reserve in West Virginia, this huge recreation center and adventure center, as they call it, for Boy Scouts, and they have the International Jamboree there and. As luck would have it, that's where we were last Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, a week ago, right? A week ago, and absolutely, I mean, that was called Ayers on the Road on steroids because we we got kicked off of our flight. Can you believe it? We got bumped off of our flight. It was a little helicopter flight, and they had all these... Not a helicopter, but a prop plane. I mean, a prop plane, not a helicopter, (laughs) but there were props anyway. Um, and yeah. we had about 20 young men uh, in the service, Army guys, on our plane, and they just kicked us off because they had um, too much weight on the plane because the military well, it was pretty, take it as was much pretty, weight as they want. Yeah, you're being nice. It was pretty annoying. I won't mention the airline because I'd be I'd do it in anger, and I don't like to do things in anger, but... Here we have a confirmed reservation. We've got a big audience waiting for us on the other end. We've got just time to land, rent a car, and get to our speech. And we get on. We're, we're walking up to the door to get on the plane, and they say, "You two, we're going to have to pull you out of line, and you'll have to wait over here." And I said, "Well, wait. What, we need to get on the plane. Why?" And the gate agent says, "Well, we're not sure we can get you on, and yet he's boarding about 30 more people behind us." And I'm a little worried because we've got these people waiting. And uh, then what they ended up telling us is we had a lower fare basis 
than uh, some of the other people on the flight, and so they pull us off arbitrarily. And I, I'm not sure that's yeah, legal. Well. I'm still trying to decide what to do. But what did we do, Linda? We 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 assessed our situation. We were not getting on the flight. We could have stayed there and argued. It would have been like a pro basketball player arguing a call. It would have done no good. They would never have changed their mind. So we sprang into action. We looked at our um, GPS, and it took four hours and 40 minutes to get to our destination in West Virginia. This is Virginia. from Washington, We were in Washington, Dulles. From Washington, Dulles, 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 and we had four hours and 30 minutes to get there. And we didn't have any wiggle room on the other side because our audience was due at a concert 15 minutes after we finished. So um, and we, we didn't have white a car. We, had, we didn't have a car rented or anything. Right, so, so we, we ran right to the car rental place, and we got a car, and we drove out, and man, what a white knuckle ride we had! It, we ran into two flash floods, and terrible traffic on a Saturday. It was just a two-lane highway. We could not get past people. I'm sure everybody out there listening has been in that situation at one time or down another. Down through not Virginia, down, down through Roanoke, down through beautiful scenery. I mean, if we could have enjoyed it it would have been wonderful but we were trying to pass cars and oh it was terrible terrible terrible, terrible. but we we arrived at at 420 and we were on at 430 and we that we actually got to the treehouse where we were going at 431 so we made it, it. we were so grateful Hey, the treehouse, this is interesting. I mean, they've done everything at this Boy Scout camp. This is called a sustainable treehouse built way up in the tops of the trees, and it collects rainwater, and it generates its own electricity through wind, and it's this really cool place. So that's we, we kind of keep track of the venues where we have the opportunity to give speeches, and this was right up there, Linda. This was up there with that... Uh, that horse uh, racing stable in Saudi Arabia or that uh, <laughs> that skyscraper in Shanghai. We, we we love to speak in strange places, and this was a strange, in a good way, strange in a, a good, good way. In a good way. We had a great group, and then afterwards, it started raining. Actually, they canceled the concert, so everything was in our favor. And so we went over to where they were camping, and we had opted to leave because we had to leave early the next morning on a flight. And... Uh, we were so glad we opted to leave because oh, it was raining. cold and pouring with rain. And these poor guys were committed to stay out there with their kids, which they did. And I'm sure they had a great time. But by the time we got in there, it was, we were exhausted. It was great to say goodbye. I, 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 don't know how, yeah, I don't know how many of you listeners enjoy camping. A lot of you do. Camping is wonderful. But on a rain, in a rainy, cold place in little two-man tents, that's... Uh, that's not my idea of a good time. Maybe we're just getting old, honey. What do you think? I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe we are. Yeah, you know, but... when when we were kids, essentially, we had we did have eight of our nine kids. We went up to Oregon and built a log cabin. I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but my That's big a good advantage segue, was by the way, yeah, summertime family had... time. That's yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. But Sorry. anyway, I um. I, my great advantage was that I'd never camped out, really. Uh, our family didn't camp out. We were on a farm and working all the time. So I'd never camped out a day in my life. I didn't know what I was in for. But absolutely, it was one of the most fun experiences we've had with our kids. 
I mean, there's a lot of wild things to do in the summer. This one was pretty crazy. You know, it just gives me a thought, Linda. I think maybe we should announce that next uh, week, next show, we're, we're going to devote the show to, um, I haven't thought of an exact title. we got to work on that, but something about bizarre things to do in the summer with your family. No, that's not about uh, out-of-the-box ideas for family summer activities or something like that. And this may serve as kind of a, uh, an entree or a trailer to it today because we did. Uh, that's one example. We we always felt like if you've got a little time in the summer with your kids, um, do something a little out of the ordinary. I mean, sometimes you can go on a humanitarian expedition and help people in a in a remote place, uh, and it may end up costing less than a luxury vacation. Sometimes you might. Uh, do an extended camp out. In this case, we actually build a log cabin. We were we were fascinated by a cabin of my great great grandfather, a person named uh, Sanford Bingham, who homesteaded Bingham Canyon and built a little cabin there. And, and the, his cabin is now at Lagoon, the amusement park. So we had been there and we'd seen this cabin that my great great grandfather raised his children in, and we measured it, and you know it's tiny. But think of a 16 by 16 log cabin, and I think they, wasn't that eight kids they raised there, honey? Yeah, um, we did. So, but we need to finish this story after a break. I mean, we hope we have you hanging on the edge because it is really a fun story, but one that you may not re- want to replicate, and one that you may have done something wilder and crazier. Anyway, um, we'll keep, be keep right back. Con- yeah, keep it in the context of, you know, summertime, family time. And we'll, well, this is not something we're suggesting you replicate, but we want to talk about some sort of new ways to approach summer with your kids. Right, honey? Right. And we'll be back right after this break. Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we're back. The uh, engineer just came on and said I was a little crackly on the line during that first half, so we apologize to you listeners. I think I'm in a better spot now where you'll be able to hear me a little bit better, and who cares? As long as you can hear Linda, that's all that matters, right, honey? (laughs) Right, for sure. Remember that tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Remember Um, that forever. Right, um, but we did. We're for those of you just joining us. We've been we're talking about fun with families in the summer, and uh, we probably had the most fun experience in a long time. In fact, that's been a while now. Um, Eli was our baby, who's now thirty, so it's been twenty eight years or so. But, um, yeah, but we the interesting thing. The inter- the interesting thing, let me just throw in, is that this is one of those uh, gifts that just keeps on giving because we still go back. We're going back again this summer. Not all the family, but, but many of the boys, including Eli, who you just mentioned, because they all want to go back and visit this campsite in eastern Oregon where we actually built a replica of our great-great-grandfather's cabin, 16 by 16. We 
chopped down the trees, we notched them, we did it exactly like the pioneers built, except for one big exception, we had a chainsaw. That made it a lot easier. Yeah, it did, but we did um, skin those logs on our own. I was, you know, sometimes if you were, as a child, I used to pick raspberries, and then I couldn't close my eyes without seeing the raspberries. Well, in this case, I couldn't close my eyes without seeing skinned logs or skinning logs or bark on logs. It was wild and so much fun. But I have to add, though, honey, that the these kids of ours are now taking their kids back. Mostly the right. boys, but this summer we get a darling little girl who's living in Switzerland with her parents. She's four, and her dad is insisting that she go, and I think <laughs> it will be quite an adventure. <laughs> yeah, I do too. But again, again, like I said before the break, we're not suggesting this as a sort of uh, one-size-fits-all, go-try-this-activity-with-your-family. This was a pretty big undertaking, and it actually took two two summer vacations. We went back the next year to finish this uh, this log cabin. But I think, what, in retrospect, honey, what made it cool is that it tied into our ancestors. I mean, we were thinking about being pioneers and what they had gone through, and and you know, we'd say, "But look, we got a chainsaw. It's not quite the same." And by the way, we go in on weekends to Walla Walla, Washington, and. We we get a shower and we we go swimming and we buy groceries and they couldn't do any of that. But you know, I'm just saying, don't always take your summer vacation or the time that you're with your kids and follow someone else's model of a vacation, i.e., go to Disneyland or go to Hawaii or or take you know be creative. And a lot of you are a lot of listeners as we talk to parents. They take road trips. They go on history tours. They uh, they they design a lot. I think the wisest parents design their summertime break with their children to facilitate a lot of conversation, right? So it could be a long road trip. It could be going somewhere where you're away from devices and TVs and games and movies and and avoiding things where your time is completely programmed like you're riding on rides or you're going to performances or not, not that those things aren't fun, but you have to decide what you want out of a summer vacation or out of summer time with kids. And it's not just the vacation. It's the time when they're out of school and you can do things with them. You couldn't do during the year. If, if you really are looking for bonding and closeness and added understanding and insight to each child, you got to, design a vacation that facilitates that kind of communication rather than, you know, something where you're just following someone else's agenda. Well, I do have to say that we had a big old van. It wasn't really a stretch van, and it had no seatbelts. This was before the seatbelt days. It had shag carpet in it and two little benches along the back. And we did have a microphone in the front, though, so that we could read together as we went. I remember reading The Education of Little Tree and bawling my eyes out and handing the book to somebody else because I couldn't get any farther. And we read Black Beauty and so many beautiful things. And now it's different. And I do have to say, Richard, if you have a two-year-old, those devices are just pretty invaluable, which is something oh, yeah. you no, not no, have agree. in those days. I mean, because <laughs> you can't keep a little two- or three-year-old's attention for eight hours. So... Um, our son not... Eli, our son, our son Eli, just on your point, honey, 
he, you know, he has a particularly rambunctious little three-year-old. And I remember once when, when Zara was two years old and she was just incorrigible. And we were in a restaurant trying to have adult conversation. And Eli pulls out his phone, puts it on her favorite game, hands it to her. And here's this little two-year-old playing on the phone and, and, and totally quiet. And Eli looks up and says, that is what smartphones were invented for. <laughs> And boy, did we believe it. We were so grateful. It's so funny to see little 18-month-olds, you know, just going through with their fingers and knowing exactly what to get and how to get it. Um, but anyway, that's beside the point. I mean, it it isn't really because they're, it's a different world than it was when we were building log cabins all those years ago. But And we're grateful for, for that. But boy, you know, if so many bands have TVs and they just put on the a movie for hours and hours and hours. Um, there are a lot of great road games that you can play, a lot of great conversation starters if you have, especially if you have older children. And it's just I a great bonding our, time. Our kid, I think our kids' favorite was that dumb game. I guess it's not dumb. It worked to keep everybody occupied where you you have to find uh, the a, an A on a billboard and then a B and a C and so on and go through the alphabet. Just silly little games like that. But I did want to mention, honey, you said, you talked about the microphone we had in that van. Oh, that thing was awesome. It was like a, you know, it was there on a little cord, a little curly cord by the driver's side, and I could pick up that thing and have these big speakers. This is your captain speaking, and I could have total command. I I had more I had more attention paid to what I said in that van than I ever did at home, you know, where they well, could scatter. Well, <laughs> except for the time that you made a video of yourself for a family meeting one time. <laughs> that that you worked, knew, too. You knew that the kids had listened to you better on TV than in person, and it was true. It did work. Well, and they always listen to you. I don't know why they wouldn't listen to me, but, you know, I did my best anyway. I tried to find ways around their attention span. Well, you're just a little long-winded is the problem, but, you know, you adjusted over the years, and so did they, and all worked out. <laughs> so anyway, the the whole point, we're, again, we're thinking about summertime, family time, and think not only about your vacation time, but what about the the summertime when kids are out of school by the way they're not out as long as they used to be you know i remember the days some of you listeners do when june july and august no school three months lots of time to do things now schools go longer they start earlier and you're lucky if you have two months and of course a lot of people feel awkward about it like oh no Two months of kids not in school. What are we going to do with them? What will we do? How will we occupy them? How will we keep them, you know, from getting bored? Let's get them in a summer school. Let's get them in lessons. Let's get them on, sign them up for a million things during the summer. Now, I think, I don't want to sound too critical of that because there are some great things kids can learn during the summer. There's baseball. They can be on teams. There's all kinds of art lessons and so on. But are you really sure you want to – is the goal to get them as occupied and busy as they were during the school year? Is that the goal? What do you think, Linda? Well, I do think kids need time to kick back and just do what they – read books and ride bikes and stuff like that. Obviously, that's something that you want them to do, swim and all that fun stuff. 
But I do have to throw in here that our oldest daughter, Saren, has a wonderful website called powerofmoms.com. And her kids just did an absolutely awesome summer camp, just three days with the neighborhood kids. They paid a little bit to come, so the kids made some money. But they had the coolest art project. I mean, the kids did it. It was Eliza, who's 13, and Isaac, who's almost 15. And they had so much fun with these kids, teaching them science and art and um, music and all kinds of wonderful um, creative activities that they wouldn't have been exposed to otherwise. It was so great. And the kids made some money. And it, I mean, the kids did everything. Saren promises that she did not do it, although the house did, did take a hit every summer, I'm sure. But um, she really does a great job getting these kids organized to teach other kids. That's when you really learn. And summertime is time to do that. I'm glad you mentioned that website, honey, because not only uh, does it talk about this particular experience, there's a whole section at powerofmoms.com on activities for the summer, things you can do that will be educational to your kids and that will draw the family close together and have a lot of communication time. But I think, don't you think, honey, it's it's a matter of every parent or every couple sort of designing the right balance where the kids are not bored. They're not sitting around. I mean, the worst summer I can imagine is kids sitting there playing video games all summer, whatever, you know, but so you want to have a balance between programs and learning classes and things that occupy them, but also some unstructured time. And if you can figure out a way to get that unstructured time to be out in the out out of doors, out of range, out of device land, where they really become creative and they really sort of do the sort of free play time that you can probably do better in a forest or on a hike or on a mountain or or in a park than you can just hanging out at home the whole time. And finding that balance is probably a specific, unique challenge for each family depending on their circumstances but I guess what we're saying um, think of the summer as an opportunity not as oh dear here comes the summer now I've got to think something to do with them all the time I, I, I can't wait till school starts again get rid of that thought and say what does our family need what do my kids need what are the areas they should be working on um, setting some summer goals we'll get more into that next week, too, where kids have goals they're working on, but they're not the same kind of goals as during the school year. Yeah, we've had so much fun with that, and that is a topic for next time because we're out of time. But we do really suggest that you sit down and think about your summer. Don't just let it happen, but think about what you're going to do. We have a family that's going on a one-month tour of the national parks because it's the 100th anniversary of national parks this year. And so they're going to go with four other families and camp for the whole time, which doesn't sound too fun to me for a month. But anyway, they think it sounds fabulous, and it is. But really plan what you're going to do. Make some things happen, and then don't worry if the kids are mind- moaning because someday they'll thank you for that. Right. And your homework for today, uh, speaking of getting out of school and not having homework, you parents, your homework is go on powerofmoms.com, get some more ideas, and Go on Joy Schools with an S, joyschools.com, 
and start thinking about, especially if you have preschoolers, whether you want to become part of Joy School in the fall. And it'll take you some time to organize it during the summer. And that's all I have for today. How about you, Linda? Absolutely. Happy summer. Have a great one. We'll be talking again next week. Bye-bye. See you next time on Ayers on the Road.